Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here again with another edition of Oilers Live Tuesday. Uh, I was thinking this week was going to be a bit of a slow week, but uh, Holland Presser today, lots to talk about. Twitter's gone crazy. Uh, lots of, uh, I don't know if we're going to call them good things or bad things, but lots of things to talk about. Uh, so I've got a couple of the guys from the Heavy Hockey crew on tonight. i got Ryan Lotsberg. Hey, Ryan. Hey, everyone. And I've got Mr. Mike Dursa, Mega Thread Mike Dursa uh, from Straight Off the Pipe. Welcome, Mike. Dursa. So uh, we're not going to be out. Here, we're not going to be here long tonight. I think. I mean, there's. Uh, we've got a little bit of time before the next game. Um, but we're going to talk about, of, of course, uh, Ken Holland's presser today. Uh, we've talked a, a ton about the Oilers' slump. Uh, some of that's going to come into conversation today, but I think you know the um, probably the biggest thing on the radar today is Evander Kane, and uh, so some people, Tim Peel, and I think it's a real account as far as I can tell, Tim Peel suggesting that the Oilers are very close to signing Evander Kane for a one-by-1.5 million-dollar contract, I think is what he reported. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that part's made up. But it sounds like uh, Tim Peel thinks Evander Kane's going to be an oiler within the next 24, 48 hours. Um, guys, uh, you know, first off, uh, let's start. Ryan, uh, welcome. Your thoughts on Evander Kane, uh, would you sign him? And, uh, you know, I, I mean, we don't, we, we don't know for sure. He could be signing with the Oilers. We don't know. That, that part is up in the air. I guess the big question is, would you sign him? I've honestly been going kind of back and forth on this over the last little while here. And obviously, fantastic hockey player that would check a lot of boxes for us. But with Evander Kane, the dilemma comes with the off-ice stuff. Now, I don't care about the gambling. That was his own dumb fault, right? Um, for me, it's the sexual assault allegations, which charges were dropped both times. But I'm on the fence of whether he should be allowed to play again or not. And I would understand either outcome, to be totally honest. Like, you go back to 2016, the charges against him were dropped. You go back to his ex-wife, those charges against him were dropped as well. But it's like, where's the standard? Jake Vertanen's not playing hockey right now because of allegations against him, which could very well be true or not. And if that's the standard, then he shouldn't be playing hockey. And neither should Patrick Kane in that case. Right, like there, I'm sure there's lots of other players out there too, with a with a history. Yeah, no, you know what? Great points. Uh, I'll get you to weigh in on it, Dursa, and then um, I'll give you my thoughts on it. Um, I guess from a hockey standpoint, we've been looking for like a Matthew Kachuk, Brad Marchant, uh, you know, gritty, edgy not fun to play against kind of player for a long time. So, you know, on that part of it, 
uh, I'm on board, but uh, there's definitely uh, some character question marks to say the least when it comes to this guy. Um, I don't think it's up to me to make a moral, you know, decision on a, on a player. I think that's up to an organization or, or, or the league. So I, I don't even want to touch that. Uh, I, I remember, you know, um, Kobe Bryant went through a whole rape uh, trial and Allen Iverson said uh, during that, that, you know, you guys think he's all, he's this white knight that rides in on this white horse. Kind of funny because Kobe's obviously a, was a black person, but uh and, and then he said, there's nobody that's squeaky clean. So, you know, everybody has a past, but, and, and this organization has taken people in, in the past, like Craig McTavish, you know, that got into trouble. But I think the difference between Craig and, and maybe uh, Evander Kane is Craig wanted to uh, change his life. Um, but the others didn't know that when they, when they picked them up. And, and so they, they, they're in the same spot when it comes to this kind of situation, you know, they don't know if Kane wants to turn it around or not. I think it's wishful thinking, and I think it was wishful thinking back then. Back then, it worked out. Back then, uh, it was kind of before the you know the internet and Twitter, and everybody couldn't dissect the the move. They just had to accept it, and and it was what it was. I mean, we can look at it a million different ways now, and and um, you know who's to say who's right, who's wrong. Um, and I think those decisions get made, and and there's not much we as fans can do other than accept it or reject it. You can walk away you know, as a fan of the organization, if you want to, or you can stay on board and see how it works out. And I think that's where I'm at. I, I hope it works out. I, I, I'd love a good redemption story of a guy, but I'm not convinced that's what we're in for here with him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, good points. Good points. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys a couple of questions uh, as we go. I'll give you my thoughts first, but um, you know, there's, you're right. There's a couple of uh, X allegations, none of them proven uh, as yet. Or um, yeah, and I think uh, charges have been dropped in both. I think you know, with uh, if we're just talking about hockey in general, uh, Rick Westhead just released another um, uh, article about a couple of uh, off ice officials and uh, some racism and sexual assault allegations that uh, happened in NHL ranks. Uh, of course, we had the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, this is a this is a sport that uh, fights with uh, image. It's it's seemingly every day in in recent months, especially this year. And and um, you know we've got a, We've got a player that uh, a team finally, you know, I think does the right thing and goes to terminate a contract. And and then. You know what? I mean, nobody's learned anything. Everybody seems to be lining at the lining up at the door uh, to sign this guy, right? I mean, we're talking we're talking uh, what a day since his contract was terminated, and and they're expecting to make a call within forty eight hours on on him lining up somewhere. So you know, I mean, this is um, look, you know, if 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 we sign him, uh, if the Oilers sign him, they they do it at their peril. There's, um, you know, there's ample evidence that this guy, uh, you know, uh, hasn't been good in the locker room. There's the Bufflin uh, middle finger pointed at him. There's, there's an article written about every time he's left an organization about how, you know, the te- his teammates were happy to see him go. Right, like this is this is not a guy that's well liked in the room. I I'll tell you this: when he was in Buffalo. I've had a chance to watch uh, a few Buffalo games live 
uh, in Buffalo, in, in Calgary, in Edmonton. Uh, at the time, I went and I, spe- I spent, uh, I, I did some special attention on Kane. Because I, I remember, like, you know, when he's good, he's good. He's a talent. Let's, like, let's be real. The guy is a talented hockey player, right? He's got talent. He's got more hockey talent in his pinky finger than most of us have. But, you know, I watched him on the ice in, in, in pregame. I watched him, uh, you know, uh, warm up. He doesn't skate with the other guys. Like, nobody's talking to him, right? He, uh, you know, he just seems disinterested, right? And, and look, you know, I've, I've read some things from his agent that the guy has this willingness to compete and to win. But, you know, I've, I've left games waiting to see like an Evander Kane that I thought might light it up a little bit. And I just left wanting like I, you know, there was nothing there, right? Like the guy's got talent, but you know, it depends on whether he comes out that given night or, or how he plays. Right. And, and so, you know, I look, he's played five AHL games this year, right? That's it. And we're expecting him to, you know, if the Oilers sign him, they're expecting him to come in and, and uh, contribute in, a, in an all-in year, and we'll get to that <laughs> too. So, you know, this is, um, in, in my mind, I mean, this is, you know, I, I just put out a tweet, you know, uh, Ken Holland says, uh, I believe in second chances, right? Well, this is not a second chance anymore. We're talking third, fourth, fifth chance for this guy. Right, and he's not going to learn until somebody makes him learn, and the sharks finally have you know a little bit of wherewithal to maybe give him that that chance to take something from it. He's not going to learn. You talk about uh, Craig McTavish, uh, you know that's a completely different story. He did time for that, right? He did time. The family of uh, of the young uh, girl that. Um, died in the in you know by his driving uh they continued to visit him in court uh you know he it, it's not it's not or not in court while he was in jail or talked to him at least and and um you know he did a lot to come around from that cassian's put in the effort and the work right uh we know his troubles but <laughs> evander kane's 48 hours out of <laughs> you know out of a contract termination I, I don't think, you know, two days ago he had some revelation that said, look, I'm going to be a better person about this. What's happened is two days later he's got a revelation that it doesn't give a shit what matters, right? Because somebody's going to give me a contract, right? Somebody's going to give me a contract. You know, I wish. I wish I had that type of, you know, capability that I could do whatever the hell I want and then somebody will still give me a contract doesn't you know what it doesn't work that way normally but apparently it works in hockey and i think it's a piece of shit move if the oilers or anybody signs him the guy needs to take some time off of uh, hockey learn how to live his live his life properly i'm all for people getting all the chances they need but at some point the lesson's got to be served and he's not served it yet right he sat out for a bit this is his chance and uh you know what i <laughs> This is a fragile team right now in a slump. Do we want another guy that, um, you know, changes the dynamic there? I don't know. Anyway, that's my rant. Michael, the, <laughs> the, real, the real lesson will come if the grievance that is filed gets 
turned down and he's out that money from San Jose and has to take like a $5 million pay cut. The grievance will be turned down. Like a hundred percent. It's going to be, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't see it standing. Right. Like, I mean, he's, (laughs) he's had enough problems. This is not something that San Jose came by lightly. Right. The players association has to file a grievance. Right. The NHL supported the uh, termination. Right. And, um, you know, these arbitrator might decide that he's, he's entitled to half of his money. So if he's not, if he's not out the whole thing, I don't think he learns much. Yeah. He's still, he's still going through bankruptcy right now. Right. So, so I, you know what? I, Hey, look, I want, I want Evander Kane to clean his life up. Right. I mean, I, I know personally from somebody who's like, I've suffered personally from addictions and I needed, I needed a second chance, right? Just like Cassian, just like anybody. I did some shit back in the day, you know, I needed a second chance, but it wasn't until somebody said, you know, get the fuck out of here basically before I did something about it, right? Until I was you know, knocking at the door of the food bank, uh, you know, or trying to figure out where I was going to live next before, before I, you know, that's like, there's, there's a come to Jesus moment, right? Right. And he's not had it. Kane needs to like come to the realization that, uh, you know, I, I'm not who, who I profess to be in my own mind, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I need help. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and look, and I, I, I want him to get. Either. I want him to get help. Hey, look, uh, we've got uh, Lars on, on Facebook. Th- thanks for tuning in, Lars. Uh, says uh, if he signed in Edmonton, thank God it's not. Uh, thank Odin is what he says. It's, it wasn't in Calgary. Chucky and that prick on a line that'd be terrible to deal with. Um, Shannon, uh, if Mike Tyson can become what he is today with society and with his social media success, then then Kane deserves a shot. Cast turned around things here and Mac T. We aren't giving up pieces uh, to get him, so try it. I I don't disagree, Shannon. I'm just saying now's not the time. Uh, Lars, uh, yeah, same thing. A lot of long time ago, people said nasty things about Cassian. Um, yeah. So look. Um, you know, that's my that's my my opinion on. It. I mean, this guy, we're not we're not teaching him anything. There's there's no second chance here. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't even had <laughs> like you're not giving him anything. You're not you're not punishing him. So as far as you're con- as far as we're concerned, it's not a second chance because he hasn't broken any rules because he's continuing to go on with his life. And ultimately, like he's not going to make his life better if he doesn't care. That you were talking about his attitude and warm-ups in Buffalo and like looking disinterested. Like I don't know if you guys saw the picture of him in a club recently. Like he he looked like he didn't want to be there either, right? And with Cassian, like he's had a lot of great things happen in his life too. Like he he worked to get over his addiction problem. He's he's got a wife and a kid now. Vander's had a wife and a kid too, and he's apparently treated them like shit too. Like none of that stuff has seemed to pull, trigger him into that come to Jesus moment, right? And I don't know that this will either, because like you say, he's not losing all of his money. He's going to lose some of his money, but not all of it. And someone's giving him a contract within 48 hours because he's a talented hockey player and this is professional sports. 
that's just the reality. <laughs> Nobody yeah, take the year off, right? Take the year off. Go get yourself better. You know, like this uh, is that would this be a good case. thing for him to do. You know what the Absolutely. grievance should be by the NHLPA? It should be that this guy isn't going through mandatory counseling, right? Like that that nobody's reaching out to this guy to make sure that he gets better. Because I don't think there's anybody in that circle around San Jose right now that would say this is an is a healthy individual. In fact, he was unhealthy enough that they terminated his contract. Just whatever it was, 48 hours ago. We'll go with 48 hours. They terminated his contract. Shit hasn't changed in that time, <laughs> right? Like, no, you're totally right. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't. <laughs> you know, I don't, Jason, I don't know why, you know. Jason Gregor, yeah. Gregor actually brought up that if the others bring him in, counseling should be a part of the, the contract stipulation. Well, damn right it should be. I, I mean, I, okay, maybe if that's the case, then sure. Mark Spector, who we don't always agree with here, you know, like, you know, and, and uh, you know, he says some things, but he said he wouldn't touch him, right? And Mark, you know what I love about Mark is he tells it like, like, he, like he sees it, right? Um, but look, I get it. Oilers fans are dying to win. They're dying to win right now. I am too, <laughs> right? Like, I, you know, nothing I want more than this team to get out of this slump and get into the playoffs and win a round. You know, and um, listening to Ken Holland certainly didn't give me like the warm and fuzzies today that that's, you know, that's even in, in the works. We're going to talk about that. But um, Evander Kane, look, this is, I, I know everybody, you know, Shannon, Lars, I was on Facebook, people watching, people that think that Evander Kane's a good idea. They're saying we don't have to give anything up to get there. Well, here's here's the other thing. We're not giving anything up. Ken Holland said that today, so don't <laughs> you know, that's not that's not happening for anybody. Um you know, but just because something's there, <laughs> right? Doesn't just because it's there doesn't mean you need to take it. Right? And that's gotta be, you know, it's it's the same logic that people are using, you know, with the keep tippet, you know, mantra. Are the some of these people are saying let's keep Tippett and hire a Vander Kane, <laughs> right? Like you know what? Just because it's you know an option doesn't mean you have to take it. Um. All right, guys. You know what? I I did my rant. You know where I feel. What I feel about. <laughs> it's not obvious. All right, Ryan. Did you get a chance to listen to the presser today? I yeah, I just caught it a little while ago. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, it's and uh, Dursa same. Yeah, it felt uh, like Jason Strudwig's uh, general manager talks that he has on on the Gregor show where you just draft and develop and that's the way you go about your business. That's what I got out of that. Um, I think we're a little far into Connor's uh, career to be patient, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, and and sit and wait and wait. And and it just, yeah, it doesn't jive with all in uh, kind of talk. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, okay. Here's the thing. So he was asked, right? I, I can't remember who asked it, but the question was asked if he was planning on going all in. Now, uh, let's maybe Ryan, let's start with you. <laughs> the, Ken Holland's response quite emphatically was, hey, look, guys, um, we're all in right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm. 
I'm 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 spending to the cap. In fact, I might be over the cap. There's no might about it. He is over the cap. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and he said, you know, I'm all in. I'm all in right now. This is what we got, right? The answer is in the locker room was another comment he specifically said. So your thoughts? I mean, is this first off? Uh, are you comfortable with that? Is this the team that's <laughs> Taking us to the promised land in the next year or two, um, you know what's you know what's what's your gut tell you about what he said? You know what the, you know how's this all going to play out for the Oilers in your mind? Yeah, so I'm I'm sure I'm going to be in the minority of this in, in this, but I I'm really not concerned about this at all. I I like his approach. I like the management style of being patient. I think we're dealing with two different definitions of all in here because Holland was quite aggressive in making a lot of changes in the off season. Like he, he listed off bringing in the, like the Fogel deal, bringing in Zach Hyman, bringing in Cody Cece. Like the defense looks a lot different today than it did at this time last year. And the four groups, like the top six got stronger, the bottom six, it's supposedly got deeper, but we're not seeing those results yet. Yeah. Now, Daniel Nugent-Bowman is asking that question. He's saying all in means trading your top picks and prospects for immediate help, right? And Holland says, no, I would not do that for a rental, which I agree with. I don't know why you would do that for a rental. It might be different if the team was first, second, third in the league and the Stanley Cup was an expectation. Yeah, good point. But that's not where we sit. We are sitting middle of the pack, had a hot start in a horrid December, right? So middle of the pack, I'm I'm not giving up firsts and top prospects just for that little two months of a player, only to have them walk away in the summer. Yeah. I, the other thing we have to consider too is, yeah, like you brought it up, we're in year six, seven of Connor McDavid now. Leon's a year older. But we have to think about life past the expiration date of that contract. Now, I'm not thinking about Connor and Leon leaving. I'm thinking about them sticking around and making more money than what they're making right now. Right? If the salary cap situation is tough enough with the amount they're making right now. But Connor's going to earn a raise. Leon's going to earn a raise. Right? I don't know how much the cap's going up in the next handful of years. Probably not by much. There's supposed to be a jump based on the new TV deal in Seattle eventually, but the pandemic's put a stop to that. So you need a, a constant stream of young, talented, cheap players coming through. That's how Pittsburgh's been as competitive as they've been for all these years with Sid, right? It's good prospects, value contracts, and you need to draft those and you need to develop them. So trading them all in every year, like the Nugent Bowman idea of all in every year, it doesn't work. Yeah. Okay. No, you know what? Fair points. Absolutely fair points. Mike, your thoughts on it. I, I just think the wording of, of all in kind of got everybody, okay, this is the year we're going for it. We're going for it. And then uh, they get into a bit of a slump. And, uh, you know, you pull back some of them poker chips because you realize that, well, maybe we shouldn't be all in right now. 
And I think that's an intelligent way to go about it. I, I, I think Shirelli would have been the opposite if he said all in. He's going all in, and he would have gambled, you know, the the future for right now, and and probably missed the playoffs completely. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm okay with him pulling back a little bit. But I think if there's deals out there to improve the club, I can't see him shying away from it. Um, I don't think I'm trading first round picks for for a rental uh, at this juncture of the season either. Um, I'm not even sure you do that at the deadline. Um, yeah, the the thing that was a bit concerning though is is uh, the the Stuart Skinner part part of uh, what he was saying there. Um, it seemed to me that Tippett was done with Koskinen after that post game press conference. Um, so why wouldn't you get Skinner here now? He's 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 on a heater and and uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, we'll get to the Skinner we'll, piece, but. Um... Because that's uh, that's a whole different conversation uh, as well. Another part of um, what Holland was talking about. Uh, the all-in, uh, you know what? Great, Ryan, great points. Mike, good points. My my biggest challenge is this. And I, and I like Holland. In fact, you know what? None of what he said surprises me today, <laughs> right? Like he, I mean, and if it did, you just haven't been listening, right? Like it, you know, because this is, this is Holland. Like he is the epitome of patience, right? But what I, what I don't like is, you know, we're up against the wall. We're clearly, you know, we're clearly not good enough. In fact, I would say December, while it should be a blip, does put the, uh, the playoffs in jeopardy for us. Right, and it shows that the playoffs are potentially a jeopardy situation, right? Like if Smith gets injured one more time, well, you know Skinner's up, right? But look, he was asked in a couple of different ways, like, "What's the, you know, what's the tipping point for you?" Right? Like we're asking you today, is it, you know, is it fire, you know, fire tip it? Is it, you know, make a trade? Like, what's the tipping point for you? Is it bring up Skinner uh, as you're gonna as we'll talk about Mike? And you know Holland didn't have an answer, right? Like this is to him. This is this is the team. You know, doesn't matter. We're gonna go until we can't go anymore. Till we're looking up in the standings, and we're looking at a you know a playoff spot. And if and if we miss the playoffs this year, uh, that's. You know, and it's possible, <laughs> guys. Like maybe in in October and November, we didn't think it was possible, but you're damn right it's possible, right? Like there there are people that are you know like Anaheim's doing way better than anybody expected, right? And so you you got to factor in those teams that are are above you that you didn't factor in at the beginning of the year, right? And uh, and so. Look, I think this team will make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're not going to, but that's what scares me about being all in or not is is you got you have to be prepared to make some moves. And he's and he clearly today doesn't doesn't sound like he, you know, he says every time he's got a presser, he says, "Yeah, I'm working the phones." He's been working the phones for 20 years now and hasn't made more than 10 trades. Right? Like, you know, I I listed off his all of the trades that he's made, and it's you know he's a developer. He doesn't he doesn't make a team by way of trade. Look, 
10 years from now when we win a Stanley Cup, we'll all be happy that we had Ken Holland. We'll have to celebrate him then because it's probably not going to be in the next couple of years. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I really do. All right, let's talk about Mike. You wanted to? I'll let you, I'll let you go first on this because this was uh, Holland's words today were asked about uh, uh, Stuart Skinner. He basically said, "Look, Skinner's doing well in uh, Bakersfield. He's getting some time there. I'm going to run with Koskinen and Smith." Uh, you know, I think if if you go and do uh, you know, Oilers fandom, uh, probably Skinner is one of the big things that everybody's asking for. If you're not going to trade for a goalie, we've got one that seems to be, you know, playing better than your second string. Why not bring him up? Uh, so, Mike, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I feel like Skinner was good when he was here, and he's doing just fine, uh, you know, down, down in Bakersfield. Um, and it, it, it felt like, you know, that Tippett basically ran Koskinen out of town hearing, uh, Holland's presser today and what he was saying, it all, it was almost like he was building him back up, uh, feeling like he needed that another veteran guy, you know, to back up Smith and, and, you know, maybe, maybe there's some truth to that. I, 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 I don't know, but I think Skinner's played well enough and his numbers when he was here were better than everybody, you know, in limited time. But how much time has Smith actually played this year either? So I think he kind of deserves to be here, but uh, that just doesn't seem like it's going to be the case. Although I'm, I'm kind of curious as to whether or not Tippett's going to give Koskinen another start. That's, that's uh, it'll give you know why because he'll have to because something will happen with smith <laughs> right <laughs> he, not, he won't have the choice uh in other news by the way Staylock looks like he's been cleared to go play in bakersfield uh so that's um a little bit more to add to that I, and he's we got to think he's a long ways off but um uh perhaps maybe uh playoffs who knows that's why we got him was a bubble bubble guy right who's never played. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts on this? Like, you know, first off, I mean, would you bring Skinner up? You think Holland's good? I mean, you ha- you made some good points, right? Hall- this is what, if you hire a guy like Holland, this is exactly what you want from him, right? Um, but yep. yeah, is, I mean, is he making the right uh, right choices here or would you bring Skinner up? Well, just like any other prospect, the idea with Holland is to let them be overripe. Right. He said that and, today, right? He said maybe I'll be maybe he'll be there too long, but I'd rather that than not long enough, right? It, it, yeah. That's exactly the that's exactly right. Now, it, the only reason Skinner was ever up here is because Mike Smith was hurt. And I think that's the only reason that he would be up here again at this some point this season is if Mike Smith is hurt. The issue is Miko Costing having to play all the amount of games that he's had to play. I was, I was having an argument with a buddy of mine. He hates Koskinen, right? But <laughs> not many people love Koskinen. Not, not many people yeah. love him. I'm not saying that I do by any stretch, but he's good in small doses. Yeah. Right. If you give him a couple starts here or there, he's fine. But if we've seen it too many times before. If there's an extended stretch where he has to be the guy, he's not going to succeed. Right. Like we can't keep hoping for that, keep banking on that. Like if Smith gets hurt again, 
then yes, you bring up Skinner and you split the starts a little more evenly. But did either of you get the impression today that he's even in the market for a goalie? Not at all. <laughs> like you know, I mean, if like, I listen to a ton of hockey media, <laughs> right? And the very first thing that comes out of everybody's mouth when they're talking about the Oilers is goaltending. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, to me, it's just a like it's like he's deaf or or blind. He can't see what's going on on the ice, or you know, like, and he's not willing to listen to anybody else around him, right? Well, and what he talked about today too is being second place in whatever division we played in in the last two years with this tandem. Like it, it's worked. <laughs> like we can't argue with that overall team record result. It's been fine. So what do you guys think about the, he went on a little bit of a rant today, which, you know, I'm prone to myself on occasion, uh, but he, he was asked, you know, about, you know, the slump, he was asked about a lot of different things and it, and then he went on to like, like he was making excuses for the team, you know, he's in Toronto, we take the late penalty, but we were in that game, you know, we've, we've been in every, you know, he basically ran through how many times we were in every game in this stretch of bad games, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda, right? Like that's the next, I, you know, I joked about it earlier. That's going to be the next name of my Oilers podcast, right? Because, you know, this is like to, to have it come from a guy who I think is as shrewd as Ken Holland is for him to make excuses for the team in my mind, right? Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's scary to me, right? Because I like, you know, if anything, I mean, there are two things we care about, <laughs> right? And only one of them is good. We care about how many times we win and how many times we lose. And we really, as fans, we just want to win, right? Like I read a lot of tweets today about, well, you know, like you're saying, Ryan, like, you know, we've been asking for a GM that will develop players for ages. And now we've got one and we're pissed off about it, <laughs> right? You know, mm -hmm. I'll tell you what changes that. What changes fans being pissed off about GMs and coaches? Winning, <laughs> right? Like that is the only, honestly, I don't, you know, people can bitch and complain about everything they want. Obviously, we can do that. It's our right as fans. And as Oilers fans, we exercise that right on a daily, if not second by second basis. But, we care about one thing only, and that's winning. And when the team is winning, those fans typically go off. To, I, well, we, we are in Oilers land, so I remember in, <laughs> in October when we were winning, there still seemed to be a fair, fairly big contingent of, uh, of negative fans. I was even called toxically positive at one point. Uh, but... <laughs> But anyway, I mean that's that's all that matters. What did you? I mean, Dursa, what do you think about that? I mean, what? How does that make you feel about you know the GM, the state of the franchise, state of you know like Mike Tippett or uh, Dave Tippett? Sorry, Dave Tippett's not going anywhere, right? We got that today. Dave Tippett's not going anywhere. Koskinen and Smith are not going anywhere. Skinner's not coming back. We're not looking for a goalie. We're likely uh, interested, very interested in Evander Kane. Uh, did you hear anything today in, you know, the excuses, everything in there that, you know, made you 
hopeful <laughs> for for the prospects of this team today. Mr. Well, Dursa. I guess the one thing that, that Holland did say is it's a results-driven business. I think, yeah. you know, he's extended some more rope to to tip it here, but you know, if they don't if they don't start winning games, I can't see you hanging on to a coach with a roster you've basically overhauled in the summer, mostly the way you wanted it to be, other than I think a change in net. Uh, it's the roster Tippett guy. wanted. So if he's not winning with it, then there's a real problem. I mean, according to Dash, yeah, that buys Tippett more time. To me, it buys him less because you've got the guys you wanted and you still can't make them win. Now, we, you know, Ryan, I'll give you the chance to go on that. I mean, this, there was a lot of excuses there today. You don't, you agree? I mean, he made, he made a ton of excuses for the current slump. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was talking about how close a lot of the games were. Even if you go back to the Winnipeg series, I mean, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, right? Yeah. But I love, I see what he's trying to do, and I love that he's trying to do it. It's the messaging is he believes in the team, and he's got, like, he's got full faith in them. He's got, he trusts them, right? That's what the players need, right? You can't fire everybody. You can't overhaul like 15 forwards because they're not putting out goals at even strength. Yeah. Right. You got to put your faith in the roster that you've built. And Ken Holland, like he said, he went all in, according to his words, this summer trying to build a contender. So what's he going to say? Ooh, now suddenly my team is crap. <laughs> Because yeah, we've won, no, we've lost not. a few games. Yeah. Like he's got to have the messaging be positive, and that's or towards the players, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he believes in this group, and you know he's. I think he's optimistic that they can turn it around. We can be pessimistic to that, or or kind of believe him. That's up to us. But I, you know. You can't do a lot with his roster given his cap constraints, so maybe that's why this whole Kane stuff is is coming on the scene is because it's 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 virtually a acquisition without any real major cost coming to it. You know, you you're a million, million and a half, whatever the deal ends up being, you you kind of park tourists in the in the miners and that pretty much takes care of it, right? So and it's and it's a one-off. If it works, great. You look like a hero. If it doesn't, well, you were already in the tank, so you know <laughs> nothing to lose. Kind of roll the dice on it and see what happens. Yeah, I, I mean, I I still think there's so many other <laughs> other challenges with that, but you know, I mean, sure. I, I I get what everybody's saying, right? Like it's not costing you anything, and we and we know right now. Well, I mean, it's still costing you a million and a half. They got to figure that one out. Um, you know, if that's the actual figure that it comes out as, but I heard today, uh, one of the friends of the show from St. Louis suggested that, uh, Evander Kane, I'm not sure where he heard it. Evander Kane said he wouldn't play for the league minimum. So one and a half sounds about right. If that's the case, of course, does he really have a, uh, <laughs> does he have a choice at this point? Um, Wood guy put out a little stat thing i don't know if you guys saw it today but um about pdo and the oilers yeah uh, and and hey you know what i love this because it's because i think it's true right like you know 
look, whether you believe in PDO or you don't believe in PDO or you're an a, a, analytics guy or not, I think you can you can believe in regressing to the norm, right? Like everybody's kind of believes in that and in some situations you got peaks and you got valleys, right? And we've <laughs> we've seen the extreme of both. Like unbelievable on on both sides of this team. Uh, the truth is, for this team, is likely somewhere in the middle. For me, the challenge with that is, I don't want in the middle anymore. I, you know, I want a team that's a little closer to the top end of that scale, and uh, and we're not. But um, you guys, uh, yeah, as you said, you saw uh, Wood guys uh, tweet about PDO uh, thoughts on that. Like, where where do you think this team is, Ryan? If you're if you're putting them in the, you know power rankings but not based on <laughs> the year to date but like if this if the season were to start today and you see the makeup and composition of this team knowing who they are what their identity is if they even know what their identity is um but where where do you got this team is it on the is it on the top half are they are they a playoff team i, I mean we all think they are but as of late yeah. they haven't acted that way are they in the top half of those playoff teams should they win a, a round or are they still a first first round and exit type of team but i think this team can win around in the playoffs like it, i think this is the top 10 team in the league i really do now i came on this very podcast at the very start of the season and i said that the oilers would finish second in the division because they have some growing to do if they want to become an elite contender and we're seeing a whole hell of a lot of that right yeah. Right? They're not there yet, but they're on their way. That's, is, that's, is Tippett that's the guy? Is Tippett the guy to take them, to grow them to that? I mean, I, he's clearly, I mean, uh, Holland's saying, you know, pointing to the regular season success record and uh, says, look, you know, he's done, this is what he's accomplished so far, and he has. He's accomplished. I just think you got Dreisaitl and McDavid. You know, I... I say it with you know a little tongue in cheek, but I could coach a Drysaddle and McDavid team into the playoffs, right? Like, you know, that not many people are arguing they're in the. If you if you're not arguing, uh, Drysaddle's number two in the world, he's in the top five, right? Like, there's that's not the argument, right? Is never whether he's in the top five right now, and and everybody agrees finally that McDavid's number one. Um, so is. Isn't playoffs just table stakes for this team? Like, isn't that just sort of the expectation when you got those two guys? Hundred um, percent. Like yeah. at this point, like I have full faith that this is a playoff team. Like even with the slump right now, the Oilers are always traditionally cold in December, in January. That's just the way they run. And then they get hot in February and they get hot in March. I hope you're. That's right. just the way they go, <laughs> right? Um, is Tippett the guy? To be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know if he is or not. I'm not going to sit here and say that I know enough about systems to really criticize the system that he's employing. Now, he was, I, there was something that he said recently that was kind of interesting to me is that according to the fancy stats that he keeps, we're the top team in the league in terms of puck possession in the offensive zone. Were these the numbers he was throwing out today? I, I I couldn't ca- I I caught that and I, I this was probably last week. Okay, but um, 
And then in relation to what you were talking about when guys posted the PDO, like the save percentage was about the same at even strength throughout November and December, but the goals weren't coming, right? Everybody's gone dry. I've actually been spending a lot of time this week going in. Like I, I recently posted an article for heavy hockey using some fancy stats to try to figure out the best line combos for the Oilers. Yeah. I've taken that a step further and I've specifically looked at the bottom nine guys. So like if there's a group of nine at the absolute bottom of the roster, I was going through looking at their goals for like the goal share and their scoring chance for percentages trying to see if there's any good pairings that work well together and that we can maybe form a few good lines with. And I wanted to really see if I could pinpoint who the problems are, right? Which combos aren't working? Are there guys that just should not be in the lineup? And I found a few combinations that could potentially work based on the numbers. So it's not as if these are all terrible hockey players and they can't do it. They just need to be put together in the right way. I mean, you could argue Tippett hasn't done that yet, and that's a strike against him. But there's a lot of good things happening that are underlying that we just aren't getting the results. They'll come. Holland's right. I think they'll come. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and good points. And by the way, great article. If you haven't had a chance, go to heavyhockey.com. I think it's the first one up right now. Uh, but check it out. Uh, that's by our very own Ryan Lotzberg right there. Uh, well, so if you were right once before on the show, or you're so far so good, you said second um, in the division. Hopefully you're right about um, where the team's at now. Uh, Dursa, I mean, you know, what are your thoughts here? At the beginning of the season and kind of at, after the Winnipeg series last year, I kind of, you know, in my head, wanted to give Tippett some rope and, uh, you know, Holland overhaul kind of, uh, you know, bring in some new faces and, and change the team a little bit. And, I th- and at the start of the season, I thought we were kind of a deeper team, definitely at forward. And I thought we improved our defense just a little bit marginally. Um, I, I am baffled that December was the train wreck that it was. And I, I don't know. Now I'm kind of in a spot where I don't know if Tippett really needs much more to show us. I think we've seen what he's all about. And uh, I think it's almost a fait accompli that if we get into the playoffs and, and scrape our way in there, that we get bounced again in the first round. I'm, I'm not convinced he, he's the guy to, to kind of get you into multiple rounds of the playoffs. Um, I don't want to be that pessimistic guy, but I, I you know, I, I was hoping that we would rip off the Band-Aid right now and, and get it over with and, and do a coaching change. Um, I do think there's been a lot of changes of, of coaches and that can have an effect on people, but if it's not working, why keep trying it over and over again? You know, it's Einstein's theory of or definition of insanity. Yeah, so, you know what? I mean, you you said something that's... Um, uh, you know, maybe impactful to me, which is, you know, if he gets to the playoffs, right? If Dave Tippett survives this year and gets to the playoffs, uh, then he, um, you know, he's uh, he's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to lose if he loses in the first round, right? The odds are then, right, by Holland's, you know, record, <laughs> right, is 
is that that's good enough to bring him back for another year. Right? And to me, that that's a failure. Like, it is a 100% failure for this team to be rocked out in the first round again. Right? And I don't know if you guys saw this. I, I saw some tweets. I can't remember the sources now. But talking about the Oilers' internal budget and how, like, that was a big reason that Keith is here right now. Because while his cap is huge, his actual money owed is quite low. Right. So to fire Tippett right now and pay him out to do nothing and bring in another coach to pay him for part of the season. That I don't know that that's something that they really want to look at right now. Yeah. And it, and you're probably and there's probably something to that because I've heard stories about other things, right? Whether it's the in-house entertainment or other areas of the Oilers franchise, right? That struggle because of budget issues. Uh, with the club and and we don't we don't think about that we just think hey go out there and pay what you can to get the best coach or the best whatever right and you're right yeah you're right I mean there's there's probably something to that um you know there are in-house solutions to the Dave Tippett thing right and uh, one of them sitting in Bakersfield right and you know and and there's a couple of guys that have uh, had been head coach for other teams in the league and and are sitting in there right now. I I, I don't know that um, you know they're going to be much different, but I still think you know you you put somebody and hey they uh, you know they had a bit of a winning streak <laughs> when Tippett was gone, right? Like not that I I, I think Tippett still had his hands all over those uh, games, but here's and you know I'll belabor this point because this is something that just is driving me nuts this year, right? And and I and this is what I see. Tippett's going to go. He's going to have another regular season that's a winning record. And we're going to say that's enough to keep him around. Well, by we, that Ken Holland's going to say that's enough. Like, he's he's been successful. Look at his winning record, right, in the regular season. And it doesn't matter what happens in the playoffs, and we're going to re-sign him. I've watched tons of games. i watch lots of NHL around the league, right? And I like every time I'm, you know, I'm watching and they, you know, are the guy, you know, to the south of us uh, in Calgary, right? Like you watch the broadcasters and the a- and analysts and they're talking about that's a Sutter coach team right there. That's a Mike Sullivan coach team, right? That's a Barry Trotz coach team. That's a Gallant coach team, right? Oh, you know what? Gallant's going to get these guys to the next step, right? Or he's going to do this because he's going to implement this or, you know, like... Uh, Bedner, he learned from the last game, and and this is what he's going to do now. I don't hear that when I'm watching the when I'm watching the Oilers or when I'm listening to the media. Right? There's no identity uh, in this coaching staff on this team. And and look, Tippett's got a great regular season history, right? And he's done. He's done something, Mike. You talked about it before. He's he's been able to take Arizona to a different you know, level than probably what they should have accomplished back in the day, right? It's good. He's never, I think, you know what I think it is? I think it's as simple as he's not Scotty Bowman, right? He's not taking a couple of superstars and making the team around him great. I don't think he knows how to coach the having a couple of superstars. He's got a defense. He, you know, what were we worried about before he came? That he's going to, you know, bring a defensive mindset to this team. Right, but he's got a couple of guys that he can't do that with, and that's not his style. 
that's great. You know, maybe go send them over to another team that, that wants to play that, play that way. Right. But he might not be the right guy for McDavid and Dreisaitl. And, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to change that thought process on him until he proves that otherwise. Right. Like to me, you know, anything less than a win in the first round is, is failure for this, for this team. Uh, all right. So, uh, that's my thoughts on that. <laughs> Here I said this was going to be a, uh, a quick episode. You guys have listened to me rant for just about an hour now. Um, I, I got really, uh, <laughs> I got really heated after watching Holland today. I like, I, you know, when Holland was hired, I was a big fan. I still am, to be honest. Like I, the guy's got, like, as I said, if you are surprised by anything today, he said today, you you haven't been listening, right? Like this is this is who Holland is. He brought up uh, Xavier Burgo. He brought up you know prospects. He brought up developing teams. And when he talked about where this team is going, he brought up all those guys. And and um, I think it's great, right? I think that's you know that's who Holland is. But I just I want him to get a little bit out of the way, <laughs> right? And start to maybe listen to a few things around him because this is not the Detroit Red Wings, right? We didn't start with, you know, a whole cachet of uh, young prospects in the mix that um, we're going to move up the rankings and make this team better in two two years. We've got some serious development to do uh, to get it there. And uh, we're a little ways away from that. So, I, you know, I just, I think that patience with maybe, you know, a little bit of... Uh, little bit of a desire to make a couple moves to me would be good. All right, guys. Sorry for uh, taking up the whole uh, <laughs> whole show today. Uh, we're going to have a couple of last words. I'm going to shut up. Uh, Ryan, you're not on that often. Mike, I, I get you on all the time. So we're going to give Ryan the last words tonight. But, Mike, your last words uh, before we shut her down for the night. Oh. You know, right now probably isn't the worst time to be a little bit patient. Uh, not like we'd be dealing from a position of strength anyways. We're we're on a stinker of a run here. So, uh, you know, there is some common sense to, to his approach today, I think. I, I, but I, I don't think you need swing for the fence kind of moves. You already have McDavid and Dreisaitl. It might be just some little peripheral moves that, that kind of improve the club. If they do go out and and uh, snag uh, Evander Kane, that is a major shakeup. That's not a that's not a peripheral move. That is an earthquake you're you're uh, putting into the locker room. And uh, you know maybe McJesus can uh, save this guy. I don't know. Maybe he's beyond redemption. I don't know the answer to that. But it'll definitely be a test of the strength of the leadership group. We keep hearing isn't a problem. So. Uh, yeah, they, we saw some pictures today. They were all smiles. There, it's a moment in time, but they looked like they were happy. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I mean, it rarely is the uh, cancer in the room ever the cancer in the room, right? I mean, that's <laughs> I think you know these guys are. Um, yeah. Anyway, we. Um, I guess I sh- my last word, Mike, will be that 
I don't ever want to hear about how much of a cancer Taylor Hall was in the room if they go and bring in Evander. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I agree with you 100% on that. Shannon, by the way, on Facebook says, we're a three-game win streak away from loving Tip, Koski, and Holland. Uh, he's 100% right. Uh, okay, Ryan, so this is how we do it. I don't know if uh, how long you've been listening for, but uh, I give you the last word. When you're done, you got to close me off by saying good night. I don't. I'm. I don't say anything, which is incredibly hard for me. By the way, this is uh, this is more a test of my patience, and I'm not as patient as Ken Holland is. So that's how it works. I, I'm giving you full reign. Say what you want. Say Oilers live is shit, or you know, tell the truth and say how great it is and how much you love being on the show. Uh, but say whatever you want, and uh, and then when you're done, you got to say good night. I hit the end screen. And uh, we're out of here. Uh, your last words uh, for tonight. All right. Well, obviously, it's been a terribly frustrating losing streak. It's been awful, terrible, unacceptable, all of those things. Fans have every right to be frustrated and angry. Right? But like, we got to remember, like these are all emotional responses to a frustrating situation, Right. What do we really want Holland to come out and say? The team hasn't been good enough. This roster sucks. I did a terrible job of constructing it. No, that's not what he's going to say at all. You got a team that's not feeling very confident in themselves at all right now. You got a team that's struggling. And Ken Holland believes in the team that he built. And that's the message that he gave them today. And I think that's the absolute right message and that's the absolute right strategy. Especially with this generation of players, you don't yell and scream at them and tell them how terrible they are to get them to fix whatever's the issue. You got to give them faith. You got, they have to be involved in the decision-making process, right? They, they need to be feeling valued. And that's the message that I got from Ken Holland today. And I think that's the exact right message. Now, as far as trades go, We've seen him make moves at the deadline to add in each season that he's been here. Like Athanasiu, it didn't work out, but he added at the deadline. Kulikov, he, it didn't work out, but he added at the deadline. So let's not rule out any sort of trade. As Mike said, we only really need support, depth, periphery moves. We don't need the Evander Kane deal, as awesome as it might be for the roster. I also agree with Mike. The optics on that are terrible. And Evander Kane could probably spend some time away from hockey to reevaluate his life. That would be great. But all in all, the state of the Oilers right now sucks, but it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Patience is everybody's least favorite word in Edmonton, but I think it's needed. We're on the right track. It's just been a bad five weeks as that's going to fall on deaf ears, but that's just the way it is. So anyways, on behalf of the two mics and myself, thanks for tuning in, everybody. It was a pleasure to be here, Michael. Are you happy now? I hope you're happy now. <laughs> With that, I'll say good night and thanks for watching and let's go Oilers. Slide.